Uh, all right. Um, have a swig. Uh, back again. What are you on? Yeah, uh, on the Northerns tonight. Super crisps. Nice. Low carb, low calorie. Uh, something to wet the whistle, I guess. So, um, yeah, it's been a big couple of weeks in the heat. To say the least. It's fucking smoking hot last week. It's still hot as fuck. It's still hot. I just don't think there's any respite coming, really. Yeah, that's right. AC's getting an absolute workout over the last month or so. Yeah. All right, we've got an audio check on Mike 1. We've got an audio check on Mike 1. This is an audio check on Mike 2. Audio check on Mike 2. Look good. Sound good. Real good. Pod good. Let's go. Let's clap it in on three, three two, two, one. He's definitely, uh, I think in the week, Adelaide have come out and said it's going to be a low-scoring game, so they're, they're pretty straight to the word. They don't talk a lot of uh, smoking shadows behind the, behind the window. Say that again. Oh, no. And welcome in, we are back with another episode of the Supercoach Draft Legends. Um, good to be back here again, week two. Uh, I had some good and bad feedback last week, Steve. Um, first part of the year, first part of 2022 season, it was great to be here. Um, look, we're just going to go with the good feedback. Um, and we've decided we're going to hit the record button again this week. Uh, we love being back here. Um, it was, it's a little bit selfish from us, um, just disregarding the the bad feedback or bad criticism. People that didn't weren't really about it, but you no, know, you know how it is. Fuck That's off. right. That's so it. we're being a bit selfish. We're back again. Um, I know, I know a few of you rated it. We, we, we're happy to be here. We like putting out the. Um, we just like having a chat about it. It's, it's super coach mode. Super coach season. Let's get serious. Let's get stuck in. You don't rate a fuck off. Like let's get serious. Um, look, we hope you guys enjoyed tonight's set. Um, a little bit different to last week. But uh, let's get into it. I am your host, Mr. Untouchable. And joining me again tonight, my co-host, the big motherfucking Papa Chronic. Who's who's hit you with the truth to your two flus? Who's who? You Nickelodeons ain't got Woo! Woo! Week two pod, big first week, positives, negatives, we'll improve, maybe. Uh, it's been a great ripping first week, uh, plenty more to come, we're going to rip into it all. Dream, I'll let you elaborate a little bit more, but it's great to be back. I'm just going to clap it in. Start with Crowd's that. happy, kids are happy. Live audience, yeah, kids are back this week again, round two, they're loving it. It's good to have them back last week. I think that's fair to say. No one did not rate the kids last week. No. That's one. Everyone loved hearing them back in studio. Uh, that's one good piece of criticism that came <laughs> from last week's pod. Uh, it was good. It was something different. We tried something different. We were happy with it. Um, not everyone was, but it is what it is. Uh, moving forward, look, we're just going to put content out there. Have a listen. As we said, super coach season. Any content's good content. If you're a serious super coacher, it's worth having a listen. 
Um, well shout said. out just speaking of listeners, shout out to the listeners out there. US, UK, Germany, and Mexico still out here, still tuned in. I did dip into the analytics, Steve. They're out here. Okay. There's no freshies at the moment. They're back. Um, the percentages are all very similar. You know, you're looking at US and UK, 4 or 5%, four, whatever it was. I'd have to get the charts back up. But Mexico, Germany, you've still yeah. got Hans kicking out Hans there. Hans Zimmer out there and uh, Chicho. So <laughs> they're all out here. So tonight's pod, ladies and gentlemen. Um, look, uh, one piece, everyone was happy about the decathlon. Absolutely. Uh, that's going ahead. Uh, that's going ahead this Sunday. So um, we're going with that. So Okay. All right. Um, the boys locked it in. Everyone was happy about that. <laughs> so we're going to go with that. Um, yeah, decathlon's going to be off chop. So to watch your space. Was the decathlon already passed? No. 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 We haven't had it yet. No, it's happening this week. Of course we haven't had it yet. Um, we had one in our heads, I guess, whatever. Um, tonight's podcast, uh, predicted first round, Steve. I've really been looking forward to doing this one. Um, what are your thoughts about it? Uh, this is one we had the finger on the pulse a while out. Uh, you can ne- it can never be too early for a mock draft. Um, we've got our first round mock, the way too early mock draft of uh, round one. Round one, first round. Same first shit, round. give or take. We're going to touch on it all. First 18 picks, where we think, where we would draft as of this day if we were drafting tomorrow. Um, I've got my list. You've got your list. We've compared. We've got some differences, that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few busters. So we're going to touch on it all and put our case forward for why. So it's a little bit of a – it's a strange one because it's it's sort of where we think players might go. So I've got, for example, I've got some players in there that I personally wouldn't take at that pick – um, for example, my pick 18, I probably wouldn't take my pick 18 at pick 18, yep. but I think that that player will go at around that mark. Okay, interesting. It's more of a how I think the draft will go with a little bit of a mixture. There's a couple of players that, look, my pick seven, Steve, I think he will go in the first three picks. Yeah. But I, see that one, I, I wouldn't pick him there, so that's why I'm putting him down. So mine it's is, a little bit of a mix and match. Mine is where I would draft them personally. Okay. Tomorrow. Where you would draft them personally. Where I would draft okay. them personally. Fair enough. So it's a, we'll explain it as we go We go through it. But uh, basically predicted first round, where we think if the draft took place tomorrow, where Steve and I would take our picks. And also a little bit of a combination where we think some other people may take picks at uh, plays at those picks. Bit well, of a so combination. In a nutshell, would you agree? That's yeah, that's pretty, a good analogy. Pretty spot good analogy on. Yeah. If you haven't worked it out by now, probably fucking tune out. Yeah, it's t- take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd, the crowd, right easy crowd one. tonight. Yeah, very easy crowd. Easy crowd tonight. Didn't get many laughs last week. <laughs> uh, well, we may as well get stuck into it. So we've got to be a bit, bit of a shit, shit talk um, here and there. I don't think it's going to go as long as last week's pod, but we're looking at sort of our half a half a to an hour pods. That's sort of our timeline here moving forward for the next few weeks. Yep. Um, so let's see if we can hit around those areas. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready to get into this. So I'm, I've done a little bit of work into this one. Um, and obviously this is going to be a look. I'm keen for other people to really jump in and, and abuse me or abuse you Absolutely. or get roundness and say, so, you know, just a bit of look, it's super coach season. People are up and about now. Start season, chiming baby. in. Um, put your th- thoughts forward. Get on the socials. Uh, let's get it up and about again. First three picks, Steve. Um, your first three picks, my first three picks. Who have you got in order? Pick one, two, three. Pick one. The number one super coach player that I am taking is Jack McRae, midfielder. 
easy decision here. Bit of a uh, bit of bias. I'm not going to lie. 128 average. Say no more. Really. Pick two. We max Gorn in the ruck position. We'll clap that one in too. Jack Steele, pick three, midfielder, 126 average. We got that clap. Keep going. Um, look, let's just touch on Jack McRae first of all. I'll, I'll read my first three picks out. Read your first three. Um, so my first pick this season for 2022, this is the person I would take at pick one this season if I had my pick tomorrow at pick one. And it's a bounce back year. It's Brody Grundy. Wow. It's Brody wow. Grundy, tops the charts at pick one. I'll tell my story in a second. Um, Jack Steele, pick number two. I would take him there. Stainless Steel. One of the toughest men in the comp there. And, uh, and pick three is your man, Steve's Jack McCray. Let's go. Glad, glad I heard his name come in the top three there. Glad I heard his name. So I'll let you take this uh, little bit here, but we've got McCray and Steele as mutual top three picks this year, Steve. Yep. Uh, some credit to the elite midfielders of the competition that probably don't get the credit um, as midfielders in your top three picks. It's, it's very much Grundy Gorn, one, two every year. So there's a couple of picks that haven't really been in there in the last few years. I would say McCray and Steele aren't in the top three conversation up until right now. Um, in the past. Circle. In the past. I mean, Lockie Neal was up there last year. He was. Um, Gorney was about there, give or take. Uh, it was Grundy, Grundy Gorn one too last year, wasn't it? Uh, it was Grundy Neil. Uh, sorry, it was Gorn Neil Grundy. Okay, so not a hell of a lot, but those two definitely get a after worthy twenty twenty one seasons get the bump up the draft board. So Jack sure. McRae, we'll start with Jack McRae. Jack McRae, there's three certainties in life. Jack McRae is going to have thirty plus touches, and he's going to average you one hundred and twenty super coach points on the year, and. Um, he's a gun So that's your three guarantees It's an absolute lock and load really um, The bloke just absolutely behemoth Week in, week out Serious case of leather poisoning uh, Attended 80% of set of bounces last year uh, Don't expect that to change too much Heading into 2022 And uh, Jack Steele, Stainless Steel, Why you got him at uh, pick three? Uh, I just think he's by clear the best option there Averaged 83% uh, CBAs last year Love to see it Model of consistency in and around A contested ball player uh, worthy in the top three, that's for sure. Definitely. So his scores obviously don't lie. Um, his numbers just speak for themselves. But what I like about Jack Steele in my top three, he's guaranteed 10 tackles a game. So there's 50 points. It's a nice floor. 40 points. Lovely He's going to get that. And he's untaggable. No one tags him. He can't be tagged. He was a tagger. He knows how to shake a tag. He does not get tagged. And he can't be tagged. So he just gets his footy. And I'll tell you what I love about Jack Steele. Is he's always on 100 at halftime. <laughs> it's a nice little flaw, no matter what. I don't give a fuck if he doesn't score anything after halftime. I love just early scores. It's just stress-free. It's, it's, you don't want to be on 20 at halftime play catch-up. He's just an early scorer, big scorer. He's got some upside there. I think he goes up another level. He's my pick too. I just think it's, you know, 129 average for McRae, 126 average for Steele. I think they'll be there, thereabouts again this year. Uh, they will by far the top two midfielders uh, no, no doubt. by over a couple hundred points. Both played 22 games. Love to see it. How you doing? Keep moving. Easiest pick of the day. Now, tell me Max Gorn or sell the listeners Max Gorn. You've got Max Gorn at pick two. So he doesn't get, excuse me, he doesn't get your number one spot. No. Uh why and why is he in your top three? Um, it's pretty simple. There's an edge of bias here. Uh, Jack McRae 
was just an absolute pleasure to have on my team. Uh, model of consistency, very rarely scores poorly. My argument for Max Gorn at pick two is purely comes back to he is the best ruckman in the comp, number one. Uh, I don't even think it's really close. Listen, you can argue the old uh, getting long in the tooth, whatnot, but with the amount of weapons he's got around the ball, and first and foremost, my main argument is the position scarcity, really. Yeah, uh, for sure. You, you get the best the best ruckman in a limited position where you need a good ruckman. I just think Max Gorn is the go-to. Weapons there, adds Luke Dunson there. You don't know what that's going to add to it all. Uh, I just love it. Attended, you know. Clear number one. I don't know. Obviously, you know, Luke Jackson was chopping him out a bit last year. That might go up, but you're not going to reduce Max Gorn's uh, playing time at the expense of Luke Jackson. If that does happen, Gorn pushes forward and has a chance to kick a bag like we saw in the finals last year, which I love to see. Pretty simple there. It's position scarcity. I just think Max Gorn will be the number one ruckman again. Uh, it's just hard to get a ruckman. It's hard to get an elite ruckman. You know, there's only five, ten in the comp, really. The rest are just shit kickers. So that's my argument for Max to, uh, Max Gorn number two. Biggest question though, sell me Grundy. Well, I've got Grundy at one, so um, I've got my arguments for Max it's Gorn. I'll touch base later. But for me, it's about Grundy here. Um, he had an off year last season, uh, last year. Uh, still averaged one fifteen. Uh, Collingwood was an absolute basket case. There was culture issues. Um, there was issues. There was issues with players, coaches. It was just culture issues at Collingwood. It was a basket case. I don't want to rub salt in the wounds here. Um, love the Collingwood supporters out there. Love the Collingwood boys in the um They'll in, be in first the to tell you that it was a down so, year. Yeah, it was a down year, and I think uh, Brody Grundy suffered somewhat because of that. Um, uh, and But I think he bounces. I think he bounces back. I think it starts with Brody Grundy at Collingwood this season. Mm-hmm. I think Craig McRae will be around Brody Grundy. I think he's the key piece in Collingwood every year basically having a good year. He's the main man at Collingwood. He's the best scorer at Collingwood by a country mile. And he still had a decent year at 115 and he was shit compared to usual. So I think he bounces back. Um, I think he averages high 120s this season, if not more than that. He's, he averaged 130 the year prior. He was a top scorer in the league. Um, two years ago, so it's not like he hasn't been there or done that. So it's not ridiculous. Um, he didn't top, have the top best three pick last year. Yeah, he didn't have the best year season last season. And he's still one fifteen. Yeah, and I it. think he's got a lot to improve there. And I think he's the main man this season. I think he's the number one scorer in the league at the end of the year. Is but, it more of a predicted bounce back? Like, would you really take uh, Grundy over Gone? You would. I definitely would. I've okay. got my reasons. I'll explain we'll when touch, I when touch I'll that explain when, Gorn, when, Gorn's when Gorn around. comes up. And yeah, I would. I would take. I would take Grundy over Gorn. I like it, ballsy. I think there's not much. Darcy Cameron's not much, um, and Darcy Cameron likes to play in the four. He goes Brody Grundy a chop out here and there, but he, he's very much so a forward um, piece. Yep. Mason Cox is absolutely nothing. On the Mason Cox, you see, he's now wearing sunnies. Love that. <laughs> absolutely love that. That is got a, a fucking issue. statement. Got a big that is a issue statement. That is a statement. Not a fan. Not People throw the, the word statement around loosely. That is a fucking statement. It's a statement. It's, it's weak. It's absolutely weak. Um, okay. You is are it? nowhere near close to good enough to be rep. Max Gorn wants to come out rep, son. He's Brody Grundy. Be my guest. You have to put some runs on the board before you start making these kind of 
sunglasses demand, prescription sunnies. You see, I see photos of running around the track like an absolute wanker. Oh, Very it. hittable face. Um, should be out of league soon enough, though, if all goes well. I absolutely love it. But fair enough, I see your, um, your angle on it. I'm a big Mason Cox supporter and fan. I've loved him for a long time. I just love how arrogant he is. I love... Um, he's just come into Australia. He's taken the league by storm. He's he, you know, he doesn't do much, but he's fucking arrogant. He's so just, I don't mind it. And that's my whole problem with him. He doesn't do much <laughs> at all. That is my whole problem. He with doesn't him. do heaps, does he? I'm all for Steez. I'm all for being arrogant, but there's a time and a place for the right player. Yeah, I no, think fair as well. enough. Fair enough. Oh, so they were our top three, Steve. Um, they were definitely who I would take one, two, three as well. Yep, I would take that. In that four, order five, as well. six. Who you got? I got Clayton Oliver at pick four, midfielder. Sammy Walsh, midfielder, pick five. And pick six, I've got the Bont, Marcus Bontempelli, also a midfielder. So I go on midfield crazy there. Beautiful. All, all great picks, Walsh, Bont, and um, – uh, sorry, uh, Clary, Walsh, and Bont. I've got, uh, I've got Clary at four as well, so we've gone the same pick there. I've got Petrarca at five, and okay. um, I've got Tom Mitchell at six. Interesting. So let's, uh, let's go through – we've obviously got mutual um, – Clayton Clayton Oliver. Oliver's, yep. No, let's not argue about that. He's consistent. He only scored under 95 twice last season on the year. So it's – Say no more, really. It's you, just guaranteed – one. Option, it's perfect. guaranteed 110, 115, it really 120. So with upside, he's a contested ball machine. So he's there's no um, surprise he's a pick four for both of us. Um, what about uh, Walsh and Bunt? Why? Sammy Walsh, obviously, handy year last year. Uh, Average 117 uh, in the mid there. Uh, I just, if I'm being honest, Sam Walsh my only pick for Brownlow this year. I think with the inclusion of Chera coming in, that opens up the floodgates a bit for him. Uh, You can't just look after Walsh. I mean, 117, you could say they didn't really do anything last year. Uh, Averaged... What was it? Uh, 70% of CBAs, which you like to see in and around the ball, can push forward as a goal-scoring threat. I love Sam Walsh this year, and I'll be throwing some little side cheddars on him winning the Brownlow as well for what it's worth. Fucking let's go. Love him. Love him. Absolutely love him this year. I think mainly the cherry inclusion, I think, helps him. I know we talk a lot about people going out, and it may affect you or not. I think this is a big, big... Big, big tick for Sammy Walsh this year. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's all case-dependent and scenario-dependent. I think Carlton, um, the players need all the help they can get off each other to free them up a little bit. Um, you've only got the two heavyweights. You've got basically Walsh. Well, let's call it one heavyweight in Walsh, and Cripps is almost not even heavyweight spec anymore, to be honest. But And a little update on mine, Titchell's bet. He rejected the, the half-price bet as well. Mm. Offered him what was it five hundred five hundred cash to get out right now? Would you have done it? Definitely, I, th- I think so as well. For what it's worth, would have taken two. So Titch, I will probably be collecting if he doesn't do it this year. He's not winning the brown line. He can't win the brown. Cody Chris not winning a brown line medal. So I don't know. I think shout out to Mitch Burton on that bet. It's just that's a bad loss. It's been a good what five ten year bet. Yeah, well, it's been probably five now. It was a 10-year bet when you put it on. So it was basically, Titch said, Paddy Cripps will win Brownlow in his career. And you said that he will not. He nearly got there a couple of years ago. Then you offered Titch the $500 cash out. Didn't want to take it. That's it. Kick the can down the road. It's going to cost you. That's all I was saying. And what about the Bont? The Bont, listen, Bont, one of my favorite players in the AFL. Love him. Uh, Attended 73% of CBAs last year. Also had a... 119.7 average, which is just elite. 
Uh, I just love these mids that can push forward and, and bag two or three a game. Uh, Bond certainly does that, capable of 30 and four. So that's my reason for Bond at six as well. Yeah, that's fair enough. No arguments there. Not much changes in the whole dog's midfield there, so expect to be business as usual there, really, again. Uh, obviously, you've got Jack McRae there, ball pig, but I think Bont is your, uh, is your scoring threat, which is prov- probably provides some more upside on week-to-weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, McRae probably gives you more of a consistent floor throughout the year as well. Yeah. Um, so I've got Petrarca and Tom Mitchell there at five and six for myself after Clayton Oliver. So you're going back-to-back Melbourne with Oliver Petrarca. I have. Nice. Um, for what it's worth, even though it's clearly obvious that this is what I'm uh, predicting, that I think Clayton Oliver and Petrarca definitely both outscore Gorn this season. Definitely. Okay. Um, my reasons, I'll explain that why later. I don't need to explain why Clayton Oliver's going to score 120 this year, but I'll explain I why don't Gorn's going to score have many, I don't think you'll have many pushback off that, Jerome. No, definitely not. Um, Petrarca, though, uh, he was a bit up and down last season. He definitely started sluggish. You know, that's why he was on Bo Boyd's... Um, uh, on Boydo's trade uh, radar every week to get rid of him. Uh, eventually, he did get rid of him part of ways, and he ended up sort of having a pretty good year, Petrarca. Yeah. I uh, won the fucking Norm Smith. So um, that's one reason he finished the year really strong. He averaged 140 in his last three games in his finals appearances. 140 from three finals, he averaged 140. It's uh, it's a nice little pedestal to kick into 2022. I like to – like I don't base my whole draft on um, where players, how they finish the year, but it's a good sign, I think. It's an um, indication. When a player has a breakout year on top of a breakout year that they had the year prior, um, to finish that year with an average of 140 from three finals, clearly a big game player. Not that every game's a big game, but, you know, he's he proved last year, Petrarca, that he's a fucking quality player. Brownlow uh, medalist. You think he will be? He was Norm Smith last he's year. He's in, he's in the, he's he's in the, the conversation, for, for sure. Very much um, like Bont, push for forward. He kicked 24 goals. Jeez, he's a, he's a known goal kicker. He's probably the uh, the biggest threat in terms of goal-kicking midfielders now. He's probably taken over Dusty in terms of that. He's probably close to anyway. He's definitely on that level. Um, I think he'll do that again this year. I think he'll kick more than 24 goals this year. I think he'll have a better season than he did last year. And I'm tipping him to average 120 plus. Simple as that. Like so that's uh, Christian Petrarca for mine. Uh, Tom Mitchell, I'm not even going to really go into Tom Mitchell. He's a known fucking accumulator. He has leather poisoning every week. He has all the disposal records known to man. Um, he is an absolute lock for 110 minimum. 110 min? Uh, just, uh, just, that's just a bare minimum floor without even blinking your eyes. He's going to have 35 touches a week, 40, and there's your 110 points. So I can say it averaged 117 last there's, year. There's so absolutely he's, no he's one else. And no one tags aggression. him as well because he doesn't he doesn't do anything really with the ball. Everyone knows that too. Big accumulator. He just handballs, gets a little fucking cheap touches, bang, whatever, shoots it off. He's valued at Hawthorne clearly, but he's a super coach pig. He's a fucking fantasy pig. He's a fucking... He's a, Shades he's, of Jack McRae. Yeah. Yeah, Jack McRae is actually way more damaging, I feel, than... He's a, um, he's a poor man's, a very poor man. Yeah, he is. But um, there you go. He's my pick six. He's going to average 110 minimum, and it could be 120, 130 if Tom Mitchell. Like it. Yeah. I'll clap that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, pick seven and nine. So let's um, – what do you got there? Pick seven, I've got Took Miller, midfielder. Yep. Pick eight, Zach Merritt, midfielder. Pick nine, Tom Mitchell, midfielder. All right. Um, I got pick seven. I got Max Gorn. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Righto. Yeah, knew I wasn't going to get some uh, some backlash from that. So yeah, I got Gorn there at seven. I got uh, Sam Walsh at eight. Big shout out. Driving ambition, Sam Walsh. Peace out. 2022 um, Brentland medalist. Hands up. Thank you, uh, DeBaggies and all the super coach. Oh, yeah, Coaches I want to say that. There. Thank you very much for as well. That was well played. Getting that us was to, extremely yeah. nice. Clap everybody we actually haven't said we that. We really well appreciate played. the gifts from everybody last season. Wasn't needed, but very much it was not necessary at all. Keep them coming, but it uh, <laughs> was not necessary. No, but really appreciate it. Just actually recording underneath the Sam Walsh frame right now. Shout and, out. Um, number nine, this is the big mover for mine this year. I love drafting him. I've drafted him a couple of years ago. Did I have him last year? I don't think I did. No, yeah. But it's my man, Jake fucking Lloyd. He's, he's coming back this year. I will sell him to you in a second. But um, Jake Lloyd takes my ninth spot. Uh, Steve, why um, why Miller and Merritt? You've obviously got um, Tom Mitchell there. You, anything to add on Tom Mitchell? Tom Mitchell, I just – listen, It's we're splitting hairs at this stage in the draft. Really. You'd be happy with any of these players listed. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, – it's where I'll take him. I just prefer Miller and Merritt. Yep. Took Miller, rockets up my draft board uh, – for pretty much a couple of reasons. 124 average last year, which is just a monster. Contested beast. Big part of this reason why I'm putting him so far up, they lose Huey Greenwood there. He will need to play a shit ton in the midfield. He will attend a lot of centre bounces. He did attend, uh, what was it, 80% of CBAs last year, which is a big which is a big number in itself. I expect that to even go up even more. Um, no Hugh Greenwood. Lose lose a tackle machine right there. Talk, I just think, is an absolute lock and load for this. I, see, I think he's also basically untaggable. It's just they don't – they just can't be tagged, these players that were taggers, do you think? No, it's, it's going to be hard. As I said, I just it's more so, like everyone, you're going to have your couple of down weeks, but I think you get a shit ton more better weeks and elite weeks than you do bad weeks. Definitely. Great pick there. Shout out to Miller. To Baggy's man. To Baggy's claim last season he was untradeable. I know it's fair enough. That was fair enough with the one twenty four. I think anybody's tradable. Really I think anybody's tradable at any point, but that's actually completely fair enough. I mean, he only averaged one less point last year than Jack Steele. Yeah. So that should say a lot in itself. You lose Hugh Greenwood, you lose Keycock, the midfielder. And you could argue as well that maybe they put more effort into Took. I'm expecting Took to rise above it and just be clutching Definitely. super coaches here as Love well. Love him. Zachy Merritt, however, on the other hand, um, it's pretty simple as well. He's been a model consistency. For years now, uh, 80% CBAs last year. Uh, just an absolute ball pig when he gets in there. 115 average last year. Love to see it. I was, I was umming and I just think Zachy Merritt has got his position locked in week in, week out. I know that we saw last year the breakout from Darcy Parrish uh, due to no Andy McGrath. That, I don't know how they're going to wheel and deal that. They're going to maybe both take a split, don't know how or whatnot, but I'm just – the one lock and load will be Zach Merritt in the midfield week in, week out, and I'm taking him. Great. Well done. Um, love those picks. So we'll start off with, with the Gorn. It's the elephant in the room right now. I've got Gorn at seven. Um, why do I have Gorn at seven? Um, I have Gorn at seven because I think – Melbourne are clearly great team now. Um, they're look. They're, we're talking dynasties here with Melbourne now. Would you disagree with that? I would or? agree. I went to the on a side note. I went to the Melbourne Victory Parade at the G. Banging. Yeah, they're a rowdy bunch of Melbourne sports. That's all I'll say. So I, I'm talking dynasties here with 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 dynasties here with Melbourne. Like I think they're in the right age bracket. I think everyone. I'm just going to say the standard standard shit here. Uh, right, right age bracket. 
right demographics, good culture at the club. Simon Goodwin is a bit of a dog, but he's all right. Um, and I think they're going to be right around another premiership this season. Now, for mine, with Luke, Luke Jackson up and coming, you clearly saw he took some ruck minutes last year. Now, you're going to want to start developing Luke Jackson um, in the middle of this dynasty while you get a chance and you can cover for him. You don't need the premium ruckman dominating week in, week out. I can see Gorn spending a fair bit more time forward and really crafting Luke Jackson this season. I'm not saying Gorn's going to spend 50% time forward. Yep. But when Gorn plays 100% ruck usually, and he got cut into it a little bit last, he still scored great, but I think Luke Jackson cuts into that even more. Um, I don't disagree that he uh, won't score the goals either. We saw that he can score goals. Um, but I don't think that ruck scoring capability is going to be the same. I think he's going to spend a little bit more time forward um, for mine. And I also think that because they're going to be that good and they're going to be there at the end of the season, Gorn's known to have a couple of niggling injuries here and there. Um, I know he's pretty durable, doesn't miss many games, but I think now at that point where Melvin's looking at dynasties, you can sort of sit him. I understand the points. Just looking at the ruck breakdown last year, Luke Jackson probably averaged 10 hitouts a game. Mm-hmm. For the first 13 games, Max Gorn spent... Minimum 95% time on ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, averaged ruck about 85% of the time. Second half of the year, he did dip a little bit. And those back last four, he got got his low to, you know, 58% ruck time, 70%, uh, around 22, 20. So I, I understand it. I just think while you're in the middle of a dynasty, keep it rolling. How you doing? Keep it moving. Yeah, that's completely fair enough as well. Listen, I'd at the end of the day, there are only a couple of draft positions uh, difference as well. I don't think you can go wrong. No, they're not. He's going to score, look, he's going to score 100 and 110 plus, right? But I just don't think he's going to score 130. And that's why he's not my number one pick. He averages 120. But this is why we do it. This is why we do it. Mm. We, get, we, we get the opinions open. We, yeah. we all get our, put our cases forward and we keep them moving. Look, he's still in the top fucking seven picks. You it's know? Not, he it's can't just, go it's wrong. It's just rare seeing Gorn out of the top three. But they're, they're my reasons behind it. It'd be um, a steal if you got Max Gorn at seven. It would. It'd be a fucking steal. You'd be very happy with that. It would. And push come to show, I probably wouldn't take him there. I'd probably take him earlier. Like, are you going to really bypass Max Gorn at six? Yeah, probably not. Probably like, not. You take the punt, but like it's. I think it's possible that he does regress a little bit on one thirty. Understandable. See what happens. Um, it eventually I, has to become a tipping point for all players as well. When yeah, they, when they slowly regress. Yeah, um, I've got Walsh there, and I don't think it's regression because based on his age or form or anything. I think the club just looks after him a little bit more in terms of how much they want to play him and thrash him and whatever else. I don't think it's actually him getting worse. Yeah. Um, eight. I've got Walsh. Um, nice. clear, uh, he's probably too low on my draft board To be honest with you He should be in, uh, Probably a little bit higher Where yours is But you know How do you fit him in So I got Walsh today Much of a muchness He's going to average about 120 115 120 125 He could go off And average 130 I'm not too sure But he's going to be Around that mark One of the elite midfielders In the comp 21 years old Future Brownlow medalist No more to see here Sam Walsh I'll clap that in Great pick And uh, number nine I've got Jake Lloyd uh, Jake nice. Lloyd uh, Jake Lloyd went Did he go in the first round last season? Yeah he would have He definitely He went have. to Who did he go to? I think Lacos owned him Testing the memory now Yeah I'm testing the memory Last year's gone and passed But um, he may have gone late in the first round last year Probably didn't perform As good as what people thought he would But I think this year um, He ramps that back up Jordan Dawson gone So that just 
for mine, that just means more, even more cheap kicks out of the defensive 50 for Jake Lloyd. Uh, Lloyd <laughs> loves a cheap fucking kick. Great player, but loves just racking up posies out of the back half yeah. and just... Big Jack Zabel, Aaron Hall vibes. Yeah, good user, a better user of the footy. Um, he's just a better just player. Better. He's a harder play. He's, a, he's just a better player. He's not as cheap as them, but he does get the cheap touches. Uh, I think he goes well over 110 this season. Fair call. Well over. Fair so call. that's why he's up there at nine. He could go 115, 120 again. We've seen it happen before. Did average 108 last year, so I think it's all, it's all very good. And 120 very the year prior to that. Yep. And hasn't gone so over. had a under down 100. year, if anything, last he did. year. He did. Which is quite remarkable in itself. So that's Lloyd. What about picks 10 to 12, Steve? Pick 10, I've got Petrarca. Christian Petrarca, 111 average last year. Brody Grundy at pick 11 in the ruck. And pick 12, I've got Ollie Wines, the 2021 Brownlow medal winner. Shout out. Okay, pick 10, I've got Lockie Neal. Um, that's an interesting one. I've got Lockie Neal there. I've got Took Miller at 11, and I've got uh, the Bond at 12. So we've... Uh, some differences there, that's for what sure. Have we got? Yeah, so we've already mentioned Petrarca and Grundy. Why do you have them at 10 and 11? Listen, it's just a lot of mine for Grundy is position scarcity. Uh, I do think Max Gorn and Brody Grundy in that order will be the top two ruckmen on the year. A lot of the reason for the picks there. No doubt about that. Petrarca, after his finals, uh, finals effort, I just had to give the man some respect, really, and yeah. uh, couldn't leave him outside the top 10. Definitely not. Um and you got Wally, uh, Wally, Wally, Ollie, Ollie Wines, uh, Mince's men's man um, at pick 12. Why, Steve? Uh, listen, it's got touches of everyone else. Absolute ball pig. Uh, can shake a tag. Attended 78% of CBAs last year, which is just a great figure to have. I expect Port to be decent, better than average this year as well, being that finals contention. Uh, so I, I just I had to put him in there. He's the best player on Port. Yeah, that's completely fair enough. Didn't actually make my draft board probably unfairly, but uh, definitely thereabouts for sure. Great pick. Uh, I got Lucky Neal at 10. So this man didn't make my draft board sell me. Um, well, we all know what Lucky Neal's capable of. Uh, he was the best player in the comp two years back. We won the Brown Low, average 135 or something, something ridiculous. Um he just did not lift up, live up to his draft position last year. Obviously, Bans Benchwarmers took him at pick two. I thought he should have taken Grundy anyway at two. I thought Neil should have gone at three. So either way, he was never going to live up to two or three. Yep. Um, he averaged 99 in the year, though. Uh, and that's the first time he's averaged less than 105 since 2014. So the last seven years, he's averaged under 105 once, and that was last year at 99. Is he on Regressionville? Uh, I don't think he is. Okay. I don't think he is. Not below, He's not going under 99 this season. He was I'll injured. Only played my, 15 yeah, games. Yeah, I'll put my like cock on a block. Sound of B. Um, he was injured most of the year. As you said, played 15 games. He did average 128 from his last three games on the year, though. It's handy. Again, that's not why I draft people. But, uh, look, it's, it's good signs at us into the year. He'll be having a big preseason. He's a fucking professional, Lockie Neal. Uh, he'll, be, he'll bounce back this year. I think he's the main man at Brisbane in that midfield. Like, Jared Lyons is good. Jared Lyons is great. But Lockie Neal is Lockie Neal. He's a Brownlow medalist. Lockie Neal um, is better. He's a better player for sure. And um, I don't think anyone's really forgotten where he was two seasons ago, averaging 130. And I think he's the main man at Brisbane. He, he does sometimes struggle with a tag. That's the one th- one knock on him, I'll say. But um, he eventually eventually he gets through it and he ends up with 30-plus touches. So I think Lockie Neal bounces back and he goes 115-plus this year. No arguments there. And that's Lockie Neal, me saying Lockie Neal to you. 
You had Miller at 11, Bont at 12. Handy there. Either of them dropped you at that position, you'll take. Took Miller could go higher. Bont could go higher. They're both probably low on my draft boards, but again, I don't think you can be disappointed with anyone in the first round. This is this is the uh, this is the cornerstone of your team, though. In the first round, it's the set and forget. We're looking for the upside, so I think you can't go wrong so, with any of them. For example, last year, I think it was like maybe ten or eleven players you were really, really thrilled about, and then it sort of got to, for example, Josh Kelly. Yep. And it was like you weren't super thrilled about Josh Kelly. I think this year, just looking at who's available. I'd be happy just about with anybody in my first round as my first pick. I mean, you usually are, but sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, Bont, Bont's gone. Now I have to deal with Josh Kelly. So at the moment, I've got Josh, you know, Bont at 12. But the next player, I'd be more than happy to get the next player, you know? At I think 13. the list runs a bit deeper. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Uh, speaking of 13, who you got 13, 14, 15? Uh, 13, I've got Darcy Parrish, DP3, the human jet in the midfield. 14, I've got Jared Lyons making an appearance midfield. And number 15, I've got Jake Lloyd, defender. Beautiful. First defender off the board for myself. Who are you looking at? I've got Cam Guthrie at 13. I've got Rory Laird at 14. And I've got my man, Adam fucking Chera. At pick 15, Mr. 120. Um, Jake Lloyd is the only pick there that we've got mutual that we've had. Yep. So, and do we want to touch on Jake Lloyd at all there? No, I think what you said is pretty, pretty fucking steezy. I will just say as well, with the fact there's no uh, Rory Led or Callum Mills in the back line now, I do think Jake Lloyd is the absolute clear number one defender to draft in Supercoach this year. Yeah. That is what I will say. I said last week that Jack, Jack Crisp was the number one defender, but yep. it is Jake Lloyd. It's Jake Lloyd. Uh, it is Jake Lloyd and Jack Crisp is number two, but... He's got Jack Chris got the uh, multi position. It's but you're, you're, you'd he's probably the number you'd, one scorer. I'm not sure who I'd draft first. I'm not too sure, but I think he scores better. You would draft him in the back line. You would think Jack Chris. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to sell you on Parish. Not much to sell here. Um, breakout year last year. Definitely. Absolute. Just absolute beast. My one concern with him is. That Andy McGrath was injured for when Darcy Parrish really broke out. I just don't think he can really decrease Darcy Parrish's minutes after the year he showed last year. Uh, I'm pretty sure we signed him in, locked him down. So I just think business as usual for DP3. Uh, love him there. Is he a number five draft pick? So you're not going to, once a player starts to break <laughs> out at a high draft pick like that, you don't just pull them up. Fairly sure it was the Jake Carlisle pick. What was it? There you go. Well, that's bad. worked out pretty well for St Kilda, you would have thought. Uh, might be. I think we had back-to-backs. Might have been Aaron Fred. But I'm, I'm calling Darcy Parrish for Jay Carlisle. That's what I will say. Uh, so, yeah, 115 average last year. Obviously really came on second half of the year once Andy McGrath went down. McGrath's got to come back. Just don't think you can decrease. It's a dominant midfield with Merritt, Parrish and McGrath anyway. That's what, that's what I will say. Yep, no arguments there. Uh, Jared Lyons, this is a little bit out of respect. 118 average last year. Um, just a beast there. Listen, you could argue that was because Lockie Neal's down here. I'm actually reversing that. I'm saying Jared Lyons. Listen, how this man was delisted from Gold Coast, uh, he's a contested ball beast. Mm. Uh, I just like Jared Lyons. I think he provides a nice, solid floor week in, week out as well. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, no arguments there. That ne- neither of them make mine, but um, yeah, no arguments at all. We're getting to the turn anyway, so you, you could argue that any of these would be at the turn. Yeah, so I got Guthrie at thirteen. Um, Guthrie's he's Geelong's top scorer this season. Put it in your books, pencil it down. He's Geelong's top scorer this season. Average twenty nine touches a game uh, last season. Loves playing kick to kick in the midfield. He just they just chip it around Geelong. They play that slow. Look, if the game plan changes with Chris Scott, because I know there's been some heat, then maybe if it stays similar to what it was and they play like they have been, he's the number one scorer at Geelong. He's going to get you thirty touches. Nobody tags him. Um, there's Makes just, sense, there's more damaging plays forward. there. There's yep. danger. You tag danger. There's Mitch Duncan. You tag Mitch Duncan. He kicks goals. There's Menangola. You tag Menangola. Selwood, if he's off the leash, a little bit he's old, but yeah. you put a little hard tag on Selwood. No one tags Cam Guthrie. Uh, I'm big on the tagging thing. I just think... Tags are rude. Yeah, they're rude. Tags are All they, they do is they, just decrease your floor. And they That's score your 50s that. and stuff like that. It's just rubbish. So um, I think he's the least damaging out of basically Geelong's midfield. I'm not saying he's the worst player, but he's definitely the least damaging. Um, he's the last one to get the tag. He's still going to get you 30 touches, and I think he averages... Up on one thirteen last year, no arguments there. And I think he's the top scorer at Geelong, so that's why he's at thirteen for me. And Rory Laird, I owned him last year, maybe a little bit bias here, but um, even though he did lose the defender status, uh, he's a pure midfielder now. He showed that last year. He's a great midfielder as well. It's like he's been playing there his whole career. Uh, he's a ball magnet. He doesn't give a fuck about a tag. Um, I know I've been mentioning tag, 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 but as I said, I'm big on him. He does not give a fuck about it. He works through them easily. You've got to split hairs at this time in the draft yeah. as well. Um, I think also a uh, forgotten name somewhat who I absolutely love. I know McBeams loves him. That's Matt Crouch. Uh, Matt Crouch comes back uh, comes back this season. I think that helps Rory Laird because Matt Crouch is known to get attention. He's a pretty damaging player on the left shoe. Um so I think that helps Roy Laird, takes a little bit of attention away from him. Uh, I can go, I can see Roy Laird easily going 110-plus, easily this season. I don't see how he goes back on 110. So that's why Roy Laird's at pick 14 for me. And pick 15, uh, no more to say here. I mentioned it on last week's pod. I'll mention it again. He's my man, Adam Chera, Mr. 120. He'll average 120 thereabouts this season. I know if he's averaging 120, he should be higher up the draft board than pick 15. Um, but... He's just at pick 15. He'll average thereabouts 120 uh, at the end of the day. He'll go in the first round this season. He will not make it out of the first round, and that's because I will take him if he hasn't been taken in the first round with my first pick. Okay, question four. Thank you. Pick four, you're on the board. You're looking at Oliver, Petrarca, Mitchell, Chera. Chera. So there we go. It's Adam Chera all day. <laughs> Kids are happy about it. Everyone loves it. Adam Chera is at... Oh, well, let's increase Team Schumacher. It. He's my number one pick this season. Jack McRae, Jack Steele, Chera. That's Adam Chera. That's Adam Chera all day, every day. <coughs> hey, can't argue really. It is what it is. They brought him in for a reason. They gave up the farm. Can't argue with it. Mr. 120. Um, who you got to pick 16 to 18 stay to round out your first round? Pick 16, I've got Cam Guthrie, average 113.3 last year. Pick 17, I've got Andrew Brayshaw in the midfielder. And pick 18, I've got Mitch Duncan with the forward slash midfield role. Great picks. Great picks. Um, so I have a pick 16, I've got uh, Brayshaw. So... 
just about the same mark as you there. That's um, Andy Brayshaw. Would it be fair to say he's got top five upside with no Chera? Top ten maybe? In the league? In the league. Top five? I don't think he's got top five. Top ten? Top ten, yeah. Got some top ten upside. He's got first round upside. That's why he's there. But we'll discuss that in a second. I've got a very controversial bloke here. I've got uh, Sean Darcy at pick 17. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. And I've also got Nick Nat. That's my fourth ruckman off the board in the first round. Um, Nick Nat at pick 18, turn of the uh, first. So, Cam Guthrie, I had him. You've got him there at pick 16. Anything you want to add on that? No. Just uh, you pretty much mentioned it all. Well played. Okay. Pick 17, you've got Brayshaw. Why? Mine is purely based on Cherragon. Uh, Brayshaw showed a lot of flashes last year. Uh, I think this is a big breakout year for him personally. Uh, I think he is the best player down there at Ferrer, and I expect the Supercoach scores to say the same story. Yeah, not going to argue with that. I've also got him at 16. Um, and, yeah, I was actually saying it very from an early stage last year that uh, Andy Brayshaw is the best player at Fremantle, bar none. He's better than Fife. Fife's gone now. It's done. He's too injury-prone. He just doesn't have the capability. It's Andy Brayshaw's uh, team. Uh, everyone else is just playing in it. He'll be a future captain there. Great <laughs> player. Breakout year. Completely agree, Steve. Only averaged uh, 62% attending CBAs last year. Only top on the free was Sarong at 71. With no chair who averaged 50%, I expect Brayshaw to just climb into attending the most CBAs. Easy. If you're around the ball, fantasy points come in a lot of fucking ways. Mm-hmm. I think it's an easy pick there. Definitely. Mitch Duncan. Mitch Duncan. Uh, a lot of this comes down to his eligibility now. Uh, he's obviously gained forward eligibility. Um I just think you could easily make the argument that Mitch Duncan may be your number one scoring forward uh, in 2022. Uh, doesn't attend a hell of a lot of CBAs, I will say that, but uh, does damage, uh, can get off the loose, uh, off the noose, kind of runs that wing role as well. Uh, I just like the... And kicks goals. Kicks goals, always handy in Supercoach. Mark, contested mark, bang, goal, nice little 20-point play there. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty simple there for me. It's just purely uh, the forward eligibility there. Beautiful. Mitch Duncan just misses my first round. He's about at the turn. He just misses it. Um, the forward eligibility is the, is the thing that would be pumping him in there. I don't think he's midfield. I don't think he'll score over one, 105, 110. But um, just the forward eligibility. I think they're going to be rare again. Forwards, good forwards, hard to come by. Yeah. Um, I've got Brayshaw at 16. No more to see here. Sean Darcy. This is the controversial one, Steve. Obviously... Um, had to go here in my draft boards. So this is where I'm saying I'm not sure if I would take him there. Not sure, but he simply had to go there for this draft board. We talked about nearly every single pod last year, uh, whether or not he goes in the first round. Um, we, you were sort of toing and froing. I was pretty adamant he goes in the first round, so clearly he's going there. He goes in the first round for mine. He was the second best ruckman on the year last season, average 118. Now, all bullshit aside, if he stays fit and healthy and on the park, he will go 120 plus this season, and he should be pick higher than pick 18. You just can't, you just can't really trust it. I think you're almost selling me that I can't trust him. But at the end of the day, he's a quality fucking player. He was dominating games. He was ripping games apart. He was scoring. He had a three game stretch where he scored fucking nearly 200 every game. I think it was the biggest three game stretch behind Jonathan Brown in AFL history. Um, he could be a top score, a top five scorer in the league this season based on how he was dominating games uh, last season. If he's still around at my second pick, I'll be grabbing him 
100%, put it that way. I'll be going Chera and Sean Darcy if he's there. Bang, bang, one, two. 100%. Uh, it's a bit of a spite pick for me. Uh, left him off the board for the fact that I haven't been about. I just, something tells me his body won't hold up. He's a big galoof. He's a big man. He's a big unit, the polar bear over there. Uh, I, just, I just don't know if the body will hold up. Listen, it's hard to argue. It's hard to put a case against a man that averaged 118 last year. It really is. Uh, so In a breakout year, like it's hit, I had a look at some draft doctors, um, power rankings from last season. Now, we know the draft doctors, um, you know, we rate them, but, you know, we don't rate them that highly. Yeah. But um, he wasn't in the top 15 Ruckman for any of them. Now, he wouldn't have been in anyone's top 15 Ruckman probably, but it's a breakout season. I just can't see him, if he's fit, I can't see him going under that. He was actually just dominating games. You watched him. He was just pushing cunts around. Like, I watched him play Carlton live at, uh, at Eddie Hat or the G or something. He's a big unit. And he was just pushing blokes around. He's, he's push, a big pushing unit. Mark Pitt around like he was nothing. Um, big unit. I suppose if Brayshaw's going to have a big year, it's probably going to be on the back of uh, Sean Darcy tipping him the pill as well. So, no doubt. listen, Sean Darcy would probably be my round two 101 pick right there. Um, awesome. So it's it's not far off, but out of uh, reputation of the name, I just can't put him in the first round. That's fair enough. And I've got Nick Nat rounding out my uh, first round. Proven scorer. Proven scorer. Uh, he's in the top handful of rucks in the comp. He's in the top four. There's no doubt about that. There's no one else um, climbing above him there. Um, look, based on what we saw last year, uh, in the draft, not on Nick Nat, just in the draft and how we saw Rucks go off the board. I expect to see Rucks fly off the board this year again. Yep. And I expect them to fly quicker after the first round too. Um, so if you don't grab one early, you're kind of up shit, correct? They sort of they sort of went and then they sort of backed off a bit and then they sort of went again late. I don't say I think I, I think you see your Tim English Tim Englishes, your Peter Laddams. Um, Riley O'Brien Riley O'Brien's Like these blokes I, I can't see these blokes Really making it out Of the second Third round Max Max So I see Rucks Flying off the board This year And uh, Nick Nat Look he played every game Last season First time he has In a long time That's um, a big one If he can do that again Stay on the park He'll go 110 plus Easy It's a, it's a good call I'm not gonna get, not, Won't get much pushback There from me He's the only Really relevant West Coast player This season To be honest there's a few relevant-ish, but I'm talking big West Coast players. Round one, two kind of thing. You know, yeah, you um, can make an argument for a couple others, but I definitely think Nick Nat's the best. Yeah. And uh, it comes back to position scarcity as well. Yeah, for uh, sure. You'd be happy having Nick Nat as your number one ruck all year. 100%. So positional breakdown, Steve, you've got 14 mids, two rucks, one forward, one defender. Correct. Uh, so you've got to pick from every position. I've got 13 mids. I've gone four rucks and one defender. No forwards in my first round. Um, you want to explain that positional breakdown at all? Uh, no, pretty much. As I said, I tried to, you know, I just, I'm a big mid man. I uh, suffered hard with that an elite mid last year. Uh, so I pretty much can say, unless it falls to me, I'll be taking just that set and forget midfield in the round one as well. It's fair enough. Um, I'll just sort of explain my situation now. I could just see rucks flying off the board. I think four goals. I think that's more likely of what will happen, which is why you, this list is four as well. Yeah, I think four will go off the board in the first round. Yeah, it's a good um, call. Look, if anyone, Nick Nat might not make it out the first. Uh, sorry, he might make it out of the first. He won't make it much further than that. But I don't see anyone going above Nick Nat. I think he's the fourth man cut off there. I don't see Roy O'Brien or Peter Laddams or, uh, sorry, the behemoth Peter Laddams or Scott Lysett or anyone going above them. Um... Stiff to miss out, Steve. You got anyone there? Stiff to miss. 
Just off the top of your head or anything like that? Sean Darcy for sure. Yeah. Uh, Rory Laird. Callum Mills. Uh, yeah, Callum Mills is a big one. Uh, mainly because he loses the defender status right there. Mm. Uh, Rory Laird also stiff I just think when you lump Rory Laird now In with the rest of those midfielders yeah, I mean you can't go wrong with Rory Laird in round two Put it that way As your number one mid off the board Fuck no But uh, yeah probably probably biggest regret goes to Sean Darcy, Rory Laird, Callum Mills That's for sure Yeah cool And Danger I think Danger slipped I mean going from a, a man that was you know I think took him at pick seven last year Pick mm. six or something yeah. uh, he's, he's dropped off the face that's for sure yeah, so Danger doesn't make my stiff to miss. I think he's a second rounder or – I don't think he's a third rounder. I think he's a second rounder. It's a steal I, on the third. Yeah, it's a steal on the third. I think he's a second rounder, so he's not really stiff to miss. These ones are stiff for me. Uh, Mitch Duncan, stiff. I think he'll be in the top three forwards yep. this season. I'm not sure one, two, or three, but I think he'll be in the top three. Um, Dusty. I know Dusty didn't have a great year last year, and Poor I know – and, and I know – um, that uh, Richmond like to, you know, sort of play him a bit more forward now and, and this, that, the other, and they manage his game time a little bit more and keep him for the arse end of the year. But, look, if Richmond want to play finals and that now, Dusty needs to fire up and play good football year-round. Good call. Go back to the Dusty of old, and I can see him doing that, especially with his, with his old man passing away, T's and P's. Um, in the off-season, I can see him having a big fucking bust-out year again. And I can easily see him going 100-plus. Maybe one ten plus, just a big midfield year, bags of goals. So he's he, still got forward mid, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah. he's really stiff to miss out. He could be the number one forward on the year, easy. It's in that Mitch Duncan bracket, I think. Definitely. Just that turn. And Josh Dunkley. Yeah. Josh Dunkley's the other forward there who I just can't trust taking him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he can a, easily be the top three forward in the year. It was looking like a golden pick when he took him last yep. year. Uh, obviously got injured, which cut short and came back, but just did, didn't. Not the same. Nah, not the same. Wasn't playing mid-time, so expect him to bounce back as Stiff well. Just to miss the mids. Uh, Mills, Parrish and Merritt. So, yeah, Callum Mills, 100%. No merit in your, in your round one. No, nah, no merit in my uh, round one, it, although he should have probably been in there. You're right, he was just a model of consistency. Spot's locked up. He's going to get it. So Parrish, zero respect for the Bombros. Uh, not zero respect. I rate the Bombros. I yeah. rate the midfield. Uh, rate everything about him. These are just stiff to miss out. Uh, Parrish, I just don't trust him to do that just Again. on the back of that. Yeah, I just don't trust it just yet. Can understand it. And defenders, I've got Jack Crisp and Jordan Ridley. That's your top three. Jake Lloyd, Jack Crisp, Jack, uh, Jordan Ridley is your top three defenders this yeah. season. Without a doubt. Yep. And Rucks, no one. No one stiffs to miss out there. If anything, Nick Nat was lucky to get in. Fair call. Love it. I think that's pretty good. Pretty handy, I thought. I think we're pretty happy with that, actually. Like, uh, we'll, do, we'll do another mocky close to do, uh, to draft time as well. Definitely once uh, we start getting some more numbers. You've got to look. You've got to really do your research, see who's training down the house, who's training mid-minutes, who's training with the midfield group, all that sort of stuff. We haven't really got that info Who's yet. come back with a rig, you know, who, you need who, the, who's busting it out. And also the nab, the, the games, the, yeah. the pre-season games and all that. See where they're all playing them. Overall, though, you know, I thought it was a pretty fair draft board from both of us. Pretty happy, as I said. Uh, you'd be happy with all these players, but uh, you've got to make a call, make the hard call sometimes, and it is what it is. That was a second app, second week in. Predicted first round. Let us know what you think about it. There's definitely going to be some controversial uh, opinions. But um, if you think you can do it better, put it in, put it out. They get on the socials. Absolute pleasure again, Steve, being here on board with you tonight. Um, shout out to all the listeners, all the coaches out there. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you do enjoy. Um, yeah, it's been a blast. See you next week. Lord, thank you to you first and foremost. Doesn't happen without your love. Uh, shout out to the listeners out there. What? 
Not long now. Not long now. It's going to come up. Start mocking. Uh, see how we go. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. We'll be back next week. Love everyone out there. Uh, you've been listening to The Draft Legends. Yeah. <sighs>